Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It's another edition of Growing in Grace, the podcast. I'm Mike Kapler with Joel Brzezinski. Hey, we're glad you found us. Uh, we've been doing this for over 10 years now, and we've got a lot of archived uh, podcast programs from the past. They're only less than 15 minutes long. If you ever feel like browsing through them, you can find them on the website, growingingrace.org. Remember, that's .org, uh, not .com. And we enjoy doing what we're doing. What, what are we doing? Well, I'll tell you. What hopefully, you'll walk away after listening to our little conversation today. You will walk away feeling a little bit more informed and feeling a little more relaxed about the finished work of Jesus Christ and what it means for you in a very personal way. Sometimes you'd walk into a church and you'd walk out feeling worse than you walked in. It was probably because the good news was missing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That won't be the case here on the Growing in Grace podcast. So, (laughs) Joel, how's it going this week? That's going fine. You know what went through my mind when you said Growing in Grace? The podcast. It reminded me of like Growing in Grace, the movie, or you know, like when they say the movie. A movie comes out, and then all of a sudden you got part two, and then you got part three, and then you've (laughs) got the prequels. And I thought, what if we did Growing in Grace, the prequels? And that would be us giving the bad news you know, before we came into the, this wonderful message of the grace of God. <laughs> we could do a prequel where we're on that roller coaster ride where our listener would feel worse after they're listening <laughs> than when they began. <laughs> that would you be know, uh, give people I, I a little I think taste. we're going to have to do one of those, Joel. we got to do one. <laughs> that would be fun. Maybe on April Fool's Day or something. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. We'll see. Let's, Write it down, because you know how I forget things these days. <laughs> Me too. Well, yeah, uh, because that, that will be coming up. Uh, right now, um, we're into, uh, I believe, we're recording in January, but I believe this podcast will be in February. I didn't think about it in advance, but here we are. It's uh, it's uh, I, th- I believe this week is officially uh, 11 years for us on this podcast. And so, uh, mm. you know, we're not doing anything to celebrate it like we have with other uh, landmarks uh, that we've done with other, you know, times when we've hit year marks or, or 500 podcasts or that type of thing. But uh, it's a good feeling to have been uh, doing this for 11 years and, and looking back and at how we have grown through this. Uh, it's been real edifying for you and I as we've been doing this. And uh, we hope to continue to uh, edify ourselves and, of course, anyone who's listening as time goes on. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of what's going on here is as we've done these podcasts, I'm not just saying this, and you were just alluding to it, Joel, we have learned even as we're speaking, that, that's just the ministry of the Holy Spirit at work. You know, we, we can talk and learn while encouraging you all at the same time. So it's such a good thing to be in this new covenant in the life of Christ. Last week we were talking about counting the cost and carrying your cross. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, go back to growingandgrace.org and check it out because we're going to pick up from there. And what we came to with that conclusion, we were in Luke 14 mostly last week, and what we came to the conclusion of was when Jesus was, you know, talking about people carrying their cross and counting the cost, he was really trying to show them that they would not be able to do either one of those. <laughs> they would not be able to complete the job. 
it would not be able to to pull it off. And and he kind of wrapped it up there with some more um, legalistic type of stuff or something that would be more from the root that had roots back to the law. And he said, so so therefore, really, none of you can be my disciple if he doesn't give up all of his own possessions. And so the point here wasn't that Jesus was trying to encourage people to commit and count and carry the cross. He was going to be the one to be able to do that. And I'm in Matthew 13 now, a couple of real short parables here. One is sometimes referred to as the hidden treasure. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. A man found this treasure, hid it again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then next, there's a pearl of great price. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding a pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Well, sometimes these parables, religion will attempt to apply them to our lives. And our attitudes should be that we should, you know, give up everything, sell everything, and give, give, give our all. And, and buy into the kingdom almost is what's being uh, implied here, Joel, when uh, something quite different is at work. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, you know, I was just uh, had recently been reading a newsletter that came to our house uh, from a, uh, actually from a local church, and it was from Christmas time. It said how it's, it's about Jesus Christ changing the lives of those who, are, who will surrender everything to him, all those things that we hold near and dear to us. And that, you know, he'll give life and light to those who will give themselves completely to him. In other words, you got to give yourself completely to him or he won't give you light and life. And, and so along with what you're reading here, if we interpret this in the, you know, perhaps the religious traditional way that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field and a man found it and hid it and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. If we are the man in that parable, and Jesus is the treasure, which is often how it's interpreted, that means that we are paying the price for Jesus. Similarly with the pearl of great price. It's, it's we who are paying the great price to have this precious pearl, Jesus Christ. Now, of course, Jesus is a treasure. He's wonderful. He's, such a, a, he's so precious to us. But... Are we the ones in these parables who are paying the price? Going back to, uh, to last week and, and talking about counting the costs and taking up our cross, did we take up our cross? Was there some cross that we had to bear, some work that we had to do? Of course not. Jesus is the one who took up his cross, and he died for us. We joined him. We were baptized into his, into his death. Like we talked about last week, it wasn't our own cross that we picked up. It was his cross that we were baptized into, his death. And so this treasure, this pearl of great price, isn't it that Jesus paid the price for us because God so loved us? Aren't we the treasure? You know, we're God's treasure. We are this pearl of great price that God himself so loved that he paid the price to have us. And, and that's why sometimes you'll hear the religious preacher who combines the two covenants in their teaching, the old and the new covenant, something we want to avoid, by the way. Now, you got to watch out for the ifs, I-F, the big word I-F, because they'll announce that Jesus came to redeem mankind, but then they'll say something like, if you give yourself completely to God, he will bless you, he will respond to you. If you are willing to surrender everything to him, 
even those things that we hold nearest and dearest, then he will respond to you and you'll have this great relationship because you're so committed. These kinds of generic talking points that religion throws out there, they preach really good, but unfortunately it puts us back in the spotlight where Jesus should be standing. So ask the minister sometime, what do you mean exactly? Exactly. I mean, I need some specifics here on what it means to surrender, surrender everything and give your all. Because to me, Joel, Jesus explained it pretty clearly to the Jews in relation to the first covenant, even during the Sermon on the Mount. Preachers using these types of conditional catchphrases, they'll leave you wondering what it means. And it puts you in a place of of discomfort because it's just more religious double talk. They don't usually get that specific. They will leave it to your imagination on just exactly what it means to surrender and give your all. And ask the preacher, have you really surrendered everything and given your all? I mean, there's nothing left in your bank account. You don't really have any possessions. I mean, what what does all of that mean? Uh, So sometimes the all-you-can-eat verse buffet isn't the healthiest (laughs) when the combinations aren't compatible with the main course. And and Jesus is that covenant. He is that main course. And uh, you just got to watch out for some of this stuff because it all becomes about you again when we get the covenants mixed up. Yeah, because, you know, different preachers you're going to hear, they're going to come up with different meanings of what it is to surrender all, uh, to give yourself fully to Christ, you know, that type of thing. Whereas Jesus was very specific, like the rich young ruler. He told him, sell all you have and give to the poor. Like he said in the verse that you read that we were talking about last week and that you brought up here again, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his possessions. Jesus was being very specific there. (laughs) And so we kind of water it down, or, you know, the preachers who preach this surrender all type of thing, they water this down, and, uh, you know, you can still have some of your money. You can still have some of your possessions. In fact, many of them actually have a lot of money and many possessions. They themselves who preach that you must surrender all, they water this down because Jesus said, who does not give up all his possessions. And so uh, if you're able to keep any of your possessions, according to Jesus himself, you can't be his disciple. <laughs> and so again, the point is that what that was meant to do is to show us that we can't, that we're incapable in and of ourselves of being a disciple of Jesus. We can't do it if it's about us counting the cost, it's a, if it's about us giving up all we have and giving to the poor, or giving up all our possessions in order to be his disciple, we can't do it. And so uh, we're left, unfortunately, we're left with with what Jesus did. That's all we've got. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. Okay, I'm joking there. You know, it, it, I'm tr- it's true that we're left with what Jesus had, but the unfortunately part I'm joking about, because that's the wonderful part. It's what Jesus did, not what we do. Yeah, you'll be glad to know I grabbed a calculator, I counted the cost, And I did determine that you and I are not able to pay for what was necessary. (laughs) Jesus did. So this whole thing about surrendering, you know, Joel, in Christ, what we do here, instead of this surrendering your your all stuff and and, uh, what we've been talking about here with giving your all, surrendering everything, in Christ, what we do is we submit ourselves to God Mm -hmm. and his righteousness. What that means is that we place ourselves under or subject ourselves to him which is something the Jewish people did not do, by the way, under the previous covenant. You can look in like Romans 10, 3. They they did not submit themselves to God. They were too busy trying to establish their own righteousness through the works of the law. So our submission to this gift, it's quite different 
than the legalistic message that leads to the wrong question of what must I do to surrender everything? We we submit ourselves to him. We believe in what he did was enough, and, and we trust in that. Yeah, see, Christ isn't looking for us to give our all to him. What he asks us to do is believe. Once a person believes, they are crucified with Christ. It's, it's not a death that we produced on our own. It's not a cross that we bore, but we are baptized into his death, and we're raised together with him, and the new self that we become is good, and we no longer deny ourself, but like he said, we submit our self, our good, holy, righteous self to the Lord Jesus. Well, now a couple things to tell you about coming up next week here on Growing in Grace. You've heard people say this, you know, Jesus Christ is your Savior, sure, but have you made him your Lord? <laughs> We're going to talk about that next week on Growing in Grace. But in between now and then, sometime this week, I'm going to be posting an interview that I had with Lucas Miles. He's written a book called Good God, a really good book. You know, so many times in life we attribute the bad things that happen in the world to God, when really he's a good God. And he doesn't, for example, he doesn't cause us to be sick just so that he can heal us and get glory, that type of thing. So that's coming up sometime this week. And then again next week, is Jesus your Savior and your Lord? Right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.